All right, you should hear me now. We should be good. Good? Let me know. We should be good. Luke RJ, let me know, Luke RJ. Should be good. Good? Good? I see the sound coming through on my end. Now we're good. Okay, better. We shouldn't just be better. We should be good. We should be good, my friend. Not just better, but good. Hey, appreciate you all tuning in, guys. Thank you all so much. I don't know. Sometimes uh, Melon just, again, life of its own. Technology is great until it isn't. So let's go through that one more time. Again, I'm Chris Phillips, your host, the Daily Crow, the Spurs Up Show. As always, I see Travi, Paul Capers, Todd Smith, Dylan Prothman, Luke RJ, my guy John Rice first. What's up, John? What's up, John? You must be uh, slacking at work today is what I said. I want to make sure I get that comment out there. Brian Mobley, Jeff Gulledge, Braddock, John Edward, what's up? What's up? Appreciate you all tuning in. And again, hey, honestly, I was thinking about that before I even went live, so it's so ironic that happens. I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, it's just me, right? Like, I don't have a producer. I don't have, like, a full, like, huge, expansive team behind me. So, I love the fact that you guys are the ones that really make sure everything's in check and make sure everything's in order. So, if there's no sound, right, I don't have, like, producer Mark over here, right, telling me, hey, there's no sound, by the way. Make sure you fix that. It's you all. So, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Again, guys, really excited here on this Friday. TGIF, hope you're all doing well we got a lot to discuss and a lot to get into. Todd Smith with the Super Chat. Todd, thank you, Todd. If you want to support the business, support the channel, support everything we do, you can do so on YouTube with Super Chat, Super Stickers. Again, guys, really excited to chat with each and every single one of y'all here on this Friday as we wrap up another huge week. And the last week, the final Friday, Without a Gamecocks football game following the next day outside of the bye week until December. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. We made it. We made it. Game week is around the corner. College football is back tomorrow. It's back tomorrow, and I can't wait to watch some week zero games. I'll be honest with you. I can't wait to watch. Let's see. Chris Miller says, what's the best games to watch for week zero in your opinion? Really, there's two that that I'm seeing that I think will be intriguing. Nebraska Northwestern at 12.30 in Dublin, and Vandy Hawaii at 10.30, obviously just because Vandy's an SEC team. Um, But really fun stuff, man. Just happy to have football back on the tube. Excited for a fun weekend. I'm really, really pumped to get into game week, of course. Guys, of course, in case you missed it, podcast did drop this morning, episode 694, a full breakdown of the Gamecocks defensive line heading in this season. Uh, Also talk some injury reports from fall camp. It is sounding like things or maybe a little bit better than we expected with Corey Rucker. Um, You know, Beamer did mention him last night, said that he's had a nagging injury. But hopefully, hopefully South Carolina is able to get him back sooner rather than later. Um, I also want to start this show, guys, obviously by saying thank you to all of those who came out last night. Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I I tell you what, guys, and shout out to all the locations we've been to. I felt the love everywhere on this tour. But I tell you what, man, I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I don't know if the folks, <clears throat> the Gamecocks in the upstate, we got a little, you know, you guys have a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder, right? Because you're up here in enemy territory or or what have you. But the amount of love that I've felt from the upstate Greenville, from the upstate Gamecocks, I mean, it has been, and Dylan Prothman with the super chat, Dylan. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dylan. But the amount of love that I've felt in the upstate from the upstate Gamecocks, I mean, it it has been, I mean, it's really just hard to put into words. I'll be honest with you. Um, The events have always been well attended. 
Um, you know, so many Gamecocks just interacting and, again, showing love, buying merch, all that stuff. I, it's, it's just been incredible. And last night certainly was probably our most well-attended. I would say – I mean, I would say the two most well-attended events, guys, have been downtown Greenville and then Woodruff Road last night. And, um, I mean, it's just incredible, man, getting to meet you guys and hang out. Again, obviously, my upstate Gamecocks, man. Shout out to y'all. Really excited for next Tuesday, guys. We will be announcing and dropping that final graphic for it. I mean, of course, you guys already know the schedule. But uh, Tuesday will be our last tour event at Carolina Alehouse in Columbia, South Carolina at the Harbison location. So, Cola, I want y'all to show out, man. I want y'all to show out, Cola. I want y'all to show out. Um, really, really excited. Again, I just want to say again, thank you so much, y'all, for making this tour a massive success. And again, last night, the Upstate Gamecocks, man, y- y'all showed hella love. I mean, I, I just, I-, I can't even say enough good things. That was an incredible event. Um, it's just wild, man. Again, like I said, I'm struggling to find the words because it was just, it was just such a blessing. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, not to get too, not to get too deep and too sentimental here on this Friday, but, but, you know, I, I was... I was struggling to find the words when I first started going last night for our Q&A or just when I started addressing the crowd or whatever because it just felt like one of those surreal, like, out-of-body experiences where I'm, like, seeing myself from, like, outside the venue and just seeing where we are at. And it's just like, wow, like, we're here. Like, holy shit. Like, not not like a we-made-it type thing, but, like, just look what's going on. Look where we are. And it just just like incredible. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. So I just want to say again, thank you so much. Thank y'all so, so much for those who have come out each and every single one of our tour events. Thank you to everybody who's shown love, whether it be, you know, at the events or through social media or through the merchandise side of the business. Speaking of merch, of course, a quick reminder and a very important one. Today is the final day to order merch and to ensure by kickoff delivery. So if it is a priority for you to get your merchandise by next Saturday before the Gamecocks take on Georgia State, if you want that merch in hand, you need to order it by end of day today. Now, I'm not saying if you order it tomorrow, you might not have it, or you might have it. I don't know. You might. You might. But in case you guys didn't realize, I don't keep inventory on hand. My vendor ships it all out, right? And they're pretty good about getting these orders out. But just to be safe and to guarantee by kickoff delivery, need you to get those orders in by end of day today. So just go ahead and handle that. Get that out of the way. Again, guys, um, you know, obviously still order the merch after today. But if you want it by Georgia State, I just want everybody to be aware. I want to set proper expectations. If you want it insured, it'll be there by kickoff. Order it by end of day today. Again, you might order it tomorrow, Sunday, even Monday, whatever, and you might still get it. But today is the last day where it's for sure going to get there by Georgia State. Um, I also do want to shamelessly plug this uh, shirt I'm wearing. Horns down. Get your horns down merch. Get it early. Hate Texas early. Horns down. I love this t-shirt. I, I love it. I finally got it for myself on Comfort Colors. It's so freaking comfortable, man. So dope. Uh, be sure to check it out, tsus.store. Luke RJ, how about the newborn baby rocking a Beamer Ball shirt? Yeah, it was incredible. The onesie, my guy. Not a shirt, a onesie. A onesie. Uh, let's see. Hey, phone lines are open, guys. We are taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Breaking 70 says, what's up, Chris? 
What game are you going to watch tomorrow? We will for sure be locked in, like I said, I think Nebraska, Northwestern, and then Vandy, Hawaii. I think those will be the two. Uh, and then after, you know, between that, just I guess whatever's on, I think Florida State plays Duquesne. I mean, I guess I could just pull up the full week zero schedule here. The full week zero schedule. By the way, guys, in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel to be sure your questions are answered there. I see Craig Phillips and Greg Bedinger. What's up, guys? Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, Week zero college football. Week zero college football. There's 11 FBS games. Nebraska, Nebraska, Northwestern, Idaho State, and Nevada. Uh, or excuse me, that's UNLV, Nevada, Las Vegas. Why do they just not put UNLV? UConn, Utah State on FS1, Wyoming, Illinois on Big Ten Network, Duquesne, Florida State, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, Florida A&M in North Carolina, so UNC plays, North Texas, Texas El Paso, Nevada at New Mexico State, that's on ESPN2 at 10 p.m., and then Vanderbilt and Hawaii on CBS Sports Network at 10.30. So, that is the list of games. Um, Age of Hours, who would have thought you would have been as big as you are now, Chris, in 2017, and I look at you, the biggest Gamecocks podcast on the internet. You know what's so funny about that? You saying that, AJ. I've been saying since 2017, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet because I was almost just trying to speak it into existence, right? So, uh, you know, AJ, it's, it's – I mean, listen, it's crazy. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's not. You know, when, when you start out on a journey – you have goals and hopes and dreams and all that. People ask me all the time, you know, Chris, what's your, you know, did you ever see this happening or this coming or this or this or that? And certainly there were, um, certainly, certainly you start out, you know, again, you have goals and hopes and dreams, like I mentioned, expectations, whatever. But there's certain things that happen on the journey, man, as you go and you stay locked in the present moment, you stay locked in the task at hand and just pushing out as much value as, as you possibly can. There are things that happen along the way and things that happen on the journey that I think you just can't even predict, that exceed, that exceed even your wildest dreams and expectations. And that is, and that is, I mean, that's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? That, that, that's how you know you're really doing something. You're really making waves. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm just enjoying the journey along the way. We got, <laughs> we got Brian McGuffey says, J.C. Horn, which I don't, are you talking about J.C. Sherbert? I don't know. By far the best podcast, but this is good too. Brian, I'll take it. This is good too. Thank you. I appreciate it. John Rice, this is how you know you're a day one, by the way. If you remember when the Daily Crow wasn't a live show, you're a real one. Like, like truly. Because that's, hey, there's like a whole history behind the Daily Crow. The Daily Crow has not always been what it is now, right? I mean, the, dude, the Daily Crow used to be exclusively a Periscope thing, and it was something I was doing on my lunch break from my corporate job. That's how far the Daily Crow has come, right? There was no set time. There was no, there was no, we're streaming across, across multiple platforms. There was no, hey, guys, do you remember, hey, for the longest time, I mean, the longest time, we took calls holding the phone to the mic. Bro, that was like forever. I mean, that that wasn't, like, a, we did that for a month and then got the setup we have. Now, we did that for a long time, right? We took calls that way for a long time. So, 
But again, guys, that's why I always say the joy is in the journey. And I think, uh, you know, we're here to talk Gamecocks, but since you bring it up, you know, we're, we'll talk content strategy and business and all that. I just think there's a lot of folks out there that a lot of guys that they want to start shows and they want to create content. That's, how, that's why I love the phrase, man. One of my, uh, that's, that's one of my favorite things, that, you know, why I say it so much is just start. You know what I mean? Just start. In regards to if I have advice for you, bro, just start. You're going to suck in the beginning. The joy is in the journey, though. You're going to figure it out as you go along. That's the whole point, right? That's the whole point. You're going to figure it out as you go along. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, because this thing has evolved immensely. I mean, TSUS is, is no – I mean, it's – this is – if you had to label it as like when we started, it was version zero. Like, this is like version 50, truly, um, which is good. That's how it should be. It should evolve. It should change. It should grow. And most certainly it's done that. And that's something I'm really proud about, that we haven't just – you know, I haven't allowed it to get stale or get just be complacent and uh, and just kind of be like, well, we're just going to stick this way forever. It's like, no, dude, you're always changing. Bro, I and, and it's not like, again, I'm not a change for the sake of changing person. But, dude, I'm telling you, like, right now we're sitting here. This is our setup. I mean, hell, I've already felt it. I'll get to a point. I'm like, I need to switch it up. Like, we need to improve, evolve, change. You know, we, 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 need, we need to enhance, you know. We need to try different things. You know, you can always go back to where you were, right? I like to try things, to try different things. Uh, John Rice, how many pod episodes are there now? I remember 400. Uh, John, today was episode 694. Yeah. So, pretty wild, my guy. And like I said, cheers to you. You remember before 100. That means you've been around a while. Uh, Luke RJ, what's up with the blank background? Yeah, no, good question. Good question, because I've changed it up. Um... I felt like with the camera, Luke RJ, and again, I'm still playing around with the setup in here and what I want in the background and all that, but I just felt like obviously the with the pictures in the background, the camera was like focusing and refocusing and going in and out and, and all that. So I actually moved those pictures into the living room, right? Moved those pictures into my living room. Um, so just wanted to put the focus on me touching my hat, as Kyle Cannon points out. Yes, put put it on. See, now I'm going to do it even more because you said it. Um, no, I just wanted to put the focus on here. Take some take some pressure off the camera, if you will. Um, again, guys, we're talking Gamecocks football, 843-790-3377. I, I really, to be honest with you, I said my piece yesterday about the mascot name. Cock Commander's not going to be the name. Thank God. Thank the Holy Lord that Cock Commander is not going to be the name, right? I don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about that, all that good stuff. Um yeah, and I tell you what, too, just back to what to what Kyle Cannon says right here. Bro, if if me touching my hat bothers you, you will hate this show. You will loathe this show. Cause I will say, like everybody's got their own little their own little things. Like for me, it's the it's the it's the hat adjustment. That's what it is. It, it's you know, I just that's what I do. So Kyle, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Evan, how was the alehouse visit in Augusta? It was solid. It was solid. Um, one of the, I, you know, I'll be honest, one of the smaller crowds. And I, I think it's just because though it's just such heavy Georgia country and I get it, man. Like I grew up there, right? I understand it's such heavy Georgia country. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, I would say, <clears throat> I would say this just from my experiences thus far. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I'd say living in Augusta is tougher than living in like Greenville. Augusta is just 
all Georgia. I mean, it's all – and I'll be honest with you, the Augusta Gamecock Club, I mean, I don't really give a damn. That's part of the school. They don't They do not do a good job. They don't do a good job um, in regards of just keeping Gamecock fans engaged and having events and doing special things to get people fired up and really build a community. Greenville Gamecock Club does an incredible job. I'm actually going to their event next week. Um, I'm actually going to their event next week. They have an event Thursday night of next week. Um, let's see. Yes. They have an event next week. So, again, guys, the final tour stop, the final tour stop will be next Tuesday at Carolina Alehouse Harbison in Columbia, South Carolina. So, we'd love to see you guys out there. Obviously, I felt like it made sense to – Come to Cola on game week, right? The final tour stop. It's game week. Let's go to Cola. And I'm doing it on Tuesday instead of Thursday because I did not want it to interfere with Shane Beamer's call-in show, right? And I thought there might be other events too. And what do you know? Greenville's having an event on Thursday. So I I figured why not do it Tuesday? We'll get it going at 6 o'clock just like we've done all the others. Cannot wait to see you guys out there. Um, Let's see. Brennan M. says, dangerous drinking game. Take a shot every time C. Philly adjusts his cap. You'd be dead. You'd be literally dead. And Craig Phillips says, and touches his face. You'd be dead. You'd be straight up dead. Yeah. I would suggest you not doing that. Um, babes and Waves, can you do cameos? Or are you exclusive at Carolina Alehouse? I mean, I, I could – are you talking about, like, for events? Yeah, I could, I could do one-off events, yeah. I mean, listen, Carolina Alehouse is my uh, my business partner. So, I mean, if you're asking for, like, a watch party for a game, I mean, we, we, we've got that locked in for the season. Um but no, nah, I mean, as far as just like one-off events, man, we can definitely do it. If, you, if you're interested, shoot me a, an email. An email would be great. Um, yeah, thespursupshow at gmail.com. Thespursupshow at gmail.com. Uh, Justin, is it just me or does anybody else ever wonder what Roach King said to the Florida linebacker after running him over for that eight-yard touchdown? <clears throat> well, we'll ask him. I, I, I'll ask him. I'll ask him next Monday. How about that? I'll ask him on Monday. Um, by the way, guys, I have totally forgot here. I was going on and on and on. Jake Crane is joining us today, and I'm sitting here rambling. Holy smokes, I feel so bad now. I feel so bad now. I'm sitting here rambling, telling you guys about whatever. That's on me. That's on me. I was rambling. Uh, All right, we just shot Jake the link. We'll get him in here. Um, that, hey, that's the beauty of the Daily Crow, though. We can just rock and roll with the punches. It's not something where it's like, oh, my God, we're, you know, oh, my God. No, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get Jake in here. I, I know he's going to have some just hilarious banter about that uh, about that mascot thing. bro. I, I, I just <clears> – <throat> I cannot wait to hear what he has to say. Cannot wait to hear what he's got to say. Um, on the other side, guys, let me go ahead and close the phone lines. But on the other side, we'll definitely take questions, comments, calls. Again, I'm really excited to talk to Jake. Again, check out the podcast, guys, that dropped this morning, episode 694. Uh, really excited to watch some football this week in week zero. And again, get in the game week next week, man. Get in the game week. We will continue on Monday and Wednesday with the position unit preview series. Uh, we'll talk linebackers Monday, secondary on Wednesday, and then we'll get into our game preview later in the week. Let's go ahead and get him in here. Jake, what's up? Hey, Jake, listen, I'm sitting here rambling. I look at the time. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot to send my guy the link and get him in here. What's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, believe me, I I definitely know how that goes. But, you know, it, it was the eve before football, man. I mean, it's here. 
you know, I know the games tomorrow aren't exactly some that jump off the page, but there's going to be 11 versus 11 on a 100-yard mm-hmm. uh, long field and 53 and a, and a half-yard or 53 and a third-yard wide. So I'm just ready to go, man. I'm ready to get this thing kicked off. Jake, I, I think probably one of the reasons that my brain is in such a scrambled eggs right now and I've been so flustered the last 24 hours is because of this cock commander renaming the mascot fiasco that has become national now when it comes to the Gamecocks. I got to hear your thoughts on that, man. What what, what, what are you you thinking about Cock Commander, Darius Clucker, Cluck Norris? The internet's having some fun with me because I put a clip out there. And I mean, I think people just heard my real feelings on it. I was like, Cock Commander, that is a stupid name. And I will be embarrassed (laughs) if they did end up landing on that. But just takeaways, man. What what you thinking about what's going on in Columbia right now? Well, it's it's wild. I guess it's still talking season. I, I would have gone with Johnny Cochran, but that's just me. <laughs> Johnny Cochran. Okay, love that. Oh, I, you know, Jake, it's just sometimes there are things that happen that make me believe in the chicken curse. I'm like, you know what? Maybe the chicken curse is real. You know, just the, the damnedest things, the damnedest things happening. Um, like you mentioned, Jake, we do have football tomorrow. I'll ask you about week zero. I'm really looking at Nebraska, Northwestern, and then, of yeah. course, Vandy in the island in Hawaii. They're over under two and a half. They're going to hit that over. They probably need it. Um, I would imagine for you, those are the two games that probably stand out. I see you guys have BGB, by the way, Big Game Boomer, doing your Big Ten stuff. Congratulations on that. So I'm sure you've talked about that game. Any other games that stand out or are those the two that you're most uh, most looking forward to? Yeah, you know, th- those are kind of the headline ones. I'm interested to see Illinois. I know Wyoming lost yeah. a lot, the transfer portal. But, you know, I think Bielema – uh, is going to do a pretty good job there. I think it's a really good fit. They overperformed with that roster last year. I mean, it was an absolute disaster. Uh, you know, when when I look at, at Nebraska, it, it's it was such an anomaly last year for them going three and nine. Hmm. You finished, you know, second in the Big Ten in, in total yards, first in passing yards, and you don't score over 30 points but two games. I'm trying to figure out. I know how it happens. You go in the red zone and fall apart like a Post Malone single. Uh, so they've got to be able to put the ball in the end zone. I think Frost has to win. They say seven. I think he's got to win eight. They have a very manageable schedule. You're in the Big Ten West, which is basically uh, chicken fighting, pun intended, compared to what the Big Ten East is. I mean, the Big Ten East has Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, you can go through the list. It's an absolute fist fight over there. But, again, it's football, man. Vandy and Hawaii. Hawaii is such a tough place to play because – you know, you don't want the players to be distracted. And uh, they're practicing right next to a volcano. I mean, there's mermaids swimming around. I, I don't know what, you know, it's – it's and Fall Apart is a Post Malone song, John Rice. Put it together, man. I'm not hating on Post Malone. It's called Fall Apart. Look it up. Be better, bro. Jake, that's why, my friend, you are a professional because you can keep up with the comments while going on the rant. That is impressive, my friend. I feel like I can do the same as well, but that's how I know you're a pro at it. Um, let's switch gears a little bit, man, because I, I feel like when it comes to Carolina football and everything else, we, we, we have gotten to kind of the point, and I was talking to a J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur about this yesterday, and I've just been talking to others, too, where, like, I get Jake to about the two-week mark, two-and-a-half-week mark until kickoff, and I'm just like, all right, I'm ready for kickoff. Like, we, we, we've, I love giving predictions. I love projecting, you know, things. I love, you know, giving thoughts and takes and opinions. But it's like, I, we need toe to meat leather because there's only so many ways we can dissect it. So I'm going to move it off of that. Let's take it more directly to you because I'm sure a lot of people that are tuned in, they're familiar with Jake Crane. They're familiar with Crane and Company. They're, but they're maybe not familiar with your origin story because obviously when I first met you, you were the J-Boy show 
I, I know it's probably a much longer story than we have time for you to tell, but just give us the condensed version of, you know, you were a football guy. I mean, you're still a football guy, but you were, you know, in the game, you were coaching. How did you go from there to now being a quote unquote media personality? If you were not trying to put you in a box, but you know what I'm saying? What's in the box? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> dude. Well, I'll be honest with you. COVID, uh, COVID did. I mean, I, I coached for nine years, uh, six at the Division One level. Like I said, we played up at Columbia when I was in South Alabama. Uh, came back because nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew the players got sent back. We got sent back. Our head coach was like, "Look, man, I don't know. Y'all just stay ready. I may call you one day and say, hey, I need you to fly up here uh, next week.'" So I just—it was the first year of the early signing period too. I had most of my guys signed. I had one that was left out there, but I felt really good about it. He did sign. And so I was like, you know what? I'm trying to pass the time. I'm used to work, and I can't just sit here, you know, on my hands, twiddling my thumbs. So I went and bought, like, a $50 mic. Uh, I had a laptop. Somehow, and I'm not a technological person by any stretch of the imagination, got it out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and it kind of started getting big. And I had no idea, like, what was good, like, how many views was good. Like, to me, Joe Rogan was good, like, 800,000 views. Like, that to me is, is, is what, you know, what I was right. looking at. That was the standard. And so I started having people reaching out about sponsorships. They wanted to pay me for it. And so like, I kept getting more and more of those. And I was like, look, I'm young. I can always get back in coaching. I might as well try this. So I called our head coach. I kind of told him what was up. And he was like, look, man, you know, you do you. I was interviewing for the DC job uh, where I was coaching at. And it just got bigger and bigger. And I got called, uh, you know, the Believe Network reached out got on there and then uh, got some investors from Atlanta that reached out to me and wanted to put me on video. So I go up to Atlanta three months later, Colin Cowherd's team emails me. We sign a six month deal with Colin Cowherd. We get done with football season. We blew that out. We were the second most watched show they had other than Cowherd's show. And so in the middle of renegotiating, Ben Shapiro sends me a DM, which I was like, you know, regardless of what you think, like Ben, that's right, right. a big deal. Right. And so uh, he's like, listen, we want to start doing a sports show. We want it to be national. Uh, would you be down to do it? So I was like, all right, man, uh, you know, I, uh, we'll do it. And came up to Nashville, and it's it's been amazing ever since. And now we're going in the morning, uh, 6.30 to 8 Central, 7.30 to 9 Eastern, uh, and talking ball. I mean, we've had great guests, Kirby Smart. Uh, we've had Coach Beam on. I mean, it's 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 great, man. And we don't talk politics. Like, we're at a, the Daily Wire, which obviously is, is a political network. But, shoot, we just talk ball, man. And uh, it's we're Ben Shapiro, man, Matt Walsh, Clavin, all those guys, they're awesome. Uh, Walsh is a huge Ravens fan, bro. Like, absolutely huge. Uh, and we got a big announcement. We're collabing. There may be a fantasy uh, situation going on there as well. So now I'm here, man, and and we're uh, you know just just trying to ball as hard as we can for as long as we can. Yeah, it's funny. You, you know, you mentioned Cowherd. Cowherd was a guy that I, I followed a lot. And I, I was sort of like you in the sense of when I first got in the game. You know, and this isn't meant as a shot or disrespect to anybody, but it wasn't really the the local media guys or the local personalities I was looking at, I was kind of looking at like the Pat McAfee's of the world, the bar stools of the world, yeah. the, the Rogan's of the world. And so that, that was, I kind of, I kind of modeled a lot of, I mean, you see it probably. I, I model a lot of how I structure things and, and content off of what the big guys were doing. And uh, you know, I'd say it's worked out pretty well for both of us. I, I was going to mention though, Colin Cowherd was a guy that, you know, when I worked in the corporate world, right, I'd watch him all the time uh, lunch break. And I think if you, uh, you know, there's a reason he he does it at the level he does it. And if you understand, like, the – you know, if you understand that he he's trying to create banter and not controversy, he's trying to create conversation. He's trying to challenge people. I mean, that's you what you and I do, too. That's exactly what we're doing. 
But yeah. I'm just curious. Obviously, you sat down, you had dinner with the guy. Like, what is Colin Cowherd like? Is he does he want to talk sports just 24 seven, or does he like want to get away from it when he's not doing his show? Uh, What's mean, he like? You know, we we talked a mix. I mean, it was funny. So we fly out to LA. I'd never flown first class before. So like Rick Ross is sitting in front of us. I'm like looking at my brother like, dude, what's going like, am I in a coma? Like what's going on? So we get out there and I don't know, I have no bearings. So we go to the hotel, we walk out the back and I instantly knew where I was. I looked at my brother and was like, do you know how many people I have ran over in Grand Theft Auto on that beach right there? Instantly knew, instantly knew where I was. I could point things out. So we have dinner with them. He was fantastic, man. We talked some sports stuff, but we talked a lot of life stuff. And, you know, he was giving me uh, good advice, you know, telling me, he's like, look, I'm going to say what I think. And, you know, half of them are going to hate it. Half of them are going to love it. But that's what you want. You know, yeah. you don't want everybody to agree with you. Having an echo chamber sucks. And, and number one, it's impossible, basically. But, you know, that's why, again, you know, I, it, the advice he gave me was, you know, he's like, look, this is what happens when people start recognizing you. This is what's going to go on. And uh, he was just great, man. Three, we were there three hours. Uh, to be honest, we is the most hungover I've ever been in my life. Uh, the next day, but it was, it was great. And uh, he was, man, he was just so cool. Still was when we decided to come up here. He called me. He's like, look, man, nobody's left more networks than me, so I understand. <laughs> so uh, we still have a great relationship. Um, and and I talk to him every now and then, and uh, he's been a big inspiration for me. That's awesome, Jake. What do you guys have planned for? Uh college football Saturdays. What, what are y'all doing with Crane and Company on Saturday? So, dude, we're, we're releasing a Saturday special every Saturday. We got Mike Golick Jr. tomorrow. Uh, we're, we're dropping our bets. You can find that. We talked about him today on the show. Just go to Crane and Company on YouTube, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, really easy to find. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. And then we're going to do one of my most popular shows with the J-Boy show. It's called the Sunday Recap. So, in the morning, I would get up and recap the five, six biggest stories Really in the SEC and, and a couple outside, but now since we're national, it's going to be the, you know the five six biggest stories, and then we're going to preview the NFL slate because we're talking college football and the NFL now. So check it out, man. Again, you know if if you like knowledgeable stuff with a kind of a sports bar vibe, I mean that's us, bro. Kind of like with, with what you're doing, man. Like people know you're genuinely you, regardless if they agree or they disagree. You don't have clowns like Mad Dog Rousseau coming on just saying the dumbest shit ever excuse my language but not really uh and making a mockery of college football so that's just that's our vibe man we all played me and my brother coach cone was a quarterback at michigan so we're chopping it up man we're getting schematical but not you know not diving too too deep you know our our motto is win the water cooler and what i mean by that is uh you know when you go to work i want you to be able to win every debate when you go to family (laughs) gatherings i want you to be able to win every debate there's a lot of people out there that really don't know what they're talking about and it's always good to catch somebody. Like like our boy Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings, dog. Big facts. Big facts. Isn't Mad Dog the one that uh, – he, didn't he say that Saban isn't really that good of a coach and anybody can win it out? Bro, he, he said this man – and he was laughing while he said it because they rehearsed this, man. It's like a Spanish oh, soap for sure. opera with for these sure. guys. Yeah. Like, like he said that Eric Parsegian was a better coach than Nick Saban. I don't even know how to respond to that, dog. Like, Eric Parsegian's got two natties. Nick's got seven. Nick's won a natty with two different teams. He's absolutely boat racing him in, in overall record. And, and, Eric Parsegian is like the fourth best coach that Notre Dame's ever had. You even had Lou Holtz, which is better coach than, than Eric Parsegian was, Lou Holtz. And y'all know about Lou Holtz. That we do, my friend, that we do. Hey, Jake, let's move to uh, SEC stadiums because I saw something really interesting the other day. Uh, I think the SEC put out a tweet, you know, which stadium are you visiting this year? 
I've never been, right? I've never been to Auburn. You're obviously an Auburn guy. I've heard that Auburn and Willie B, when they're both rocking, are very comparable. Would, would you agree with that? Disagree? I would agree with that. And, hey, uh, Babes and Waves, it's Crane & Co. It's the first one. Go check it out. You'll love it, I promise. Uh, you know, it's – here's the thing. Number one, they both have birds that kind of do the pregame thing. That, that's somewhat comparable. One yeah. flies. Ours just can't one, fly. One, yeah. one, one <laughs> flies, one lays things that taste great next to bacon. But, right. uh, you know, the sound, how loud it is the loyalty. Yeah, I think there's some some comparabilities. I've been to both. Like I said, we coached uh, in both and, and it's um man, it's it's very comparable. Like I said, dude, Columbia gets rocked and, and the towns are kind of similar. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like like that there's a lot of similarities between the towns. They run on that school. As as that school goes, that town goes. Mm. I want to talk to you about Shane Beamer, Jake, because, again, like you mentioned, you had him on your show, and, and, and I've, been, I've been preaching this to Gamecock fans because everybody wants to know, you know, when are we going to win an SEC championship or a national championship? And I feel like there are so many things that, number one, I mean, South Carolina's never done that. So, you're, you're, you know, you are, you are reaching for something that has never occurred. Um, but there are so many external factors that have to take place that has to happen, right? At the end of the day, players have to go make plays. I don't give a damn who you recruit, what position you put them in. They're the ones that determine who wins the title and who doesn't. But I feel confident in saying, Jake, that South Carolina football, and this might sound like uh, to, to an outsider, like a no-duh, no-brainer thing, but, but I feel like we've seen it a lot at South Carolina where coaches have left, and they have not left the program in, in the greatest of situations. We'll leave it that way. I really do feel confident that South Carolina football will be will have been better off because Shane Beamer was the coach. And I think he will leave it so much better than he found it. And even if Shane isn't the guy, maybe he's the guy to get you to the guy, which is okay. And it, w- and it would actually be a great thing for South Carolina. Again, you've had direct conversations with the guy. You're just overall thoughts and takeaways on Coach Beamer and, and what he's building in uh-huh. Columbia. Yeah, well, I do want to say, let the rebel slam. I know roosters don't lay eggs. It's a chicken joke. People call uh, Auburn's bird the war chicken. Like, come on, let's dive down deep. We don't have to go inception deep. Spin the dreidel. See where you're at. Figure it out. You know, I, I think Shane Beamer, and, and you you look at coaches in the past and comparing coaches, it's tough because everybody does it kind of a different way. To be able to win a national championship, you really need three pillars and luck. You need recruiting, you need development, and you need culture. The facilities come with those three at a place like South Carolina. The better you do, you're not going to lack resources. Just like South Carolina has all the bells and whistles now, and it's only going to get better and better and better. You can have those three things, but you also have to have the ball bounce your way. That's what that's what makes it so impressive, these schools that go on these dynastic runs, whether it's Alabama, you know, USC, places like that. It's hard to catch the breaks you need to catch. How do, you, how do you try and recreate it? You put the best players possible on the field uh, and you kind of take that, try and let, lower the level of luck you need as much as you can. Um, what I think Shane Beamer's going to be at South Carolina, I think he's a lifer. I think Shane's a lifer. I think he is. Who was his dad? He's a lifer at Virginia Tech. I think this is Shane's Virginia Tech. I think he can win big here. South Carolina, like I said, checks all the boxes. And again, do, Y'all know my projection for South Carolina this year. I'm not going to run from it. It's, it's what I think. So I think Shane can recruit at a level where you have good enough players to win. That's what it comes down to. Recruiting is the lifeblood. You don't get development and you don't get culture without good recruiting. You have to have the players. You're not beating Alabama with bad players. You're not beating Georgia with bad players. And as we see the SEC, 
get deeper and deeper and deeper, you are going to have to raise the bar that much. And Shane is still learning and getting better. That's the thing. He's not at his peak. You caught him halfway up the rise. Hmm. So I really believe deep down that Shane is the best fit that South Carolina has had, including Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier was always going to be a Florida guy. There's a reason that, you know, when we had Steven Garcia on, he said that Coach Spurrier was never nervous for a game except for Florida. That was the only one because that's the one that mattered the most. I think South Carolina will be Shane Beamer, Steve Spurrier version of Florida. And that for y'all makes the sky the limit. I agree. Hey, let's take this question from J-Rock Media, Jake. He says, Jake, are you buying the hype for Kentucky this year? So buy or sell the Cats. Well, yeah, I think I think we got to define what, what we're talking about, like like hype. I mean, I hey, pick that, pick to finish second in the East by the media. No. You think that's too yeah, much? No, I, I, look, I, I think people are, are sleeping on how valuable Wandell Robinson was. Yeah. People just forget that he's gone. If you go back and actually watch tape, Wandell Robinson bailed out Will Levis not only inside the pocket but outside the pocket on the deep ball when it was underthrown. He'd come back if it was thrown inside. He could run it down. He would be a hell of an outfielder, an unbelievable outfielder. Now, Kentucky, they've been built from the inside out. I think Mark Stoops is the best coach in Lexington. He's done more with less than anybody just about, and Calipari's done less with more than anybody, including Charmin Ultra. So when when you look at at Kentucky, I think they're going to be good up front. Uh, They return C-Rod at running back, I believe, defensively. They're going to be somewhat solid. I, I don't think they finished second in the East, though. I, Will Levis has got to limit the mistakes. And if you don't have an eraser of mistakes like Wondell Robinson, you better find somebody. So we're going to see. Jake, before I get you out of here, of course, I, we're getting into game week next week. And so <clears throat> put your predictions to the side because we're talking about actual football on the field. So for one last time, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you about the 5-7 and seven prediction and, and not to go through game by game, anything like that. I respect, by the way, a man that can just make a pick stand behind it, give reasons why. As long as you can back it up, hey, your prediction's your prediction. I might be the fool. Who knows? Um, but I'll ask you this. Again, you've got the five and seven. You've got two and six in SEC play. Carolina beating, of course, Mizzou and Vandy, beating Georgia State, SC State, Charlotte, losing the rest. If there's a game that's going to push South Carolina over the edge, right, to get to six, to get to seven, to get to eight, right, because before you can get to seven and eight, you've got to get to six, obviously. I look at games like Arkansas, Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. Uh, those are the biggest swing games. Which of those do you think is the most likely that, you know, when you look at when you're making your predictions, you said this one could go either way. Which, which one, you know, is, is toughest for you to pick do you think could be that game that helps South Carolina exceed your prediction? You know, I, I think at Florida and then Tennessee at home are the two that I really looked at. Florida, to me, is a huge unknown. It's weird to say that Florida's roster is not where it needs to be, but it's not. I mean, Anthony Richardson, we know he's an absolute alien, but he's got. We got to see him be able to complete passes. I mean, you got people talking about the Heisman. I haven't watched him complete ten passes, like our, our three in a row. It's yeah. great you can throw at seventy-five yards, but there's a reason in Major League Baseball you don't have guys that just go up there and throw fastballs because they're going to knock it out of the stadium. You got to be able to throw the changeup. You got to have some feel. So you know, Florida and Tennessee. And, and look, you know, again, it's – it's. I'm not out here to, to make people feel good. Like, if I wanted to do that, I'd sell ice cream for a living. But I'm also not out here to be a, a shock jock. I look at that schedule. And South Carolina's got a good start in 22. But that's not what it's – that's not what football is. Football's not your first 22. Football's your first 60. 
because it's a battle of attrition, especially in the SEC. And, you know, Spencer Rattler, I hope he turns it around. I really, really hope he does, not only for him, but for South Carolina as well. I just have a hard time trusting him. I believe he's got a little front runner in him. And, again, that's something that is fixable. He could have changed it. We will know about Spencer Rattler when it doesn't go good for the first time. How he responds when it doesn't go good is when we're going to know. And like I said, I'll be the first one to come on here and eat crow if, if I have to. I mean, it just it's part of, the, part of the, the deal. When you have a bunch of teams in the SEC that play each other, you can't win every game. So uh, I think South Carolina is on the right track, like I said about Shane earlier. I just don't think the depth is there, and that schedule is brutal. It is absolutely brutal. So I think you look at Florida, Tennessee at home, uh, you know, Arkansas. Arkansas is my sleeper this year. Uh, I, I think they got a chance to be really special. That schedule is not e- uh, easy either, but that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Jake Crane, a craning company. Hey, last thing I lied. One more question. The big three on this schedule, and I think I would say you're going to be double-digit underdogs in uh, most unlikely victories, Georgia, Clemson, A&M, at least right now. You know, it could change, but right now. Out of those three, if South Carolina were to pull, you know, a crazy big upset, shock the college football world, which of those three would you say is most likely? Well, uh, uh, A&M at home. Uh, again, because A&M's an unknown. I got A&M going four and four in the SEC West. I mean, I'm, I don't believe in Haynes King. And Chance Crocker, look, I mean, I, I don't know if you're Betty's son or whatever, but, uh, you know, joke's on you, buddy. We'll see. Like I said, I'm not pulling this out on my button. Spencer Rather didn't hurt me. He hurt the whole state of Oklahoma there, let the Rebels slam. Indeed. Jake Crane at Crane and Company. Jake, like I said, man, I appreciate you taking the time each and every single Friday. And I, I just – this has already been electric the first couple of times you've been on. I'm so excited that we've got football on the field tomorrow. We got Gamecock football in the entire SEC slate. Hey, the next time we talk to you outside of Vandy and Hawaii, which whippy, I'm, I'm really happy to watch them take on the Rainbow Warriors, but we'll have some SEC football to talk about because Tennessee and Mizzou will both have already played. So I'm looking forward to it, my guy. Looking forward to a fantastic season, obviously, for myself, but you guys as well. And following along with your content, obviously, I highly suggest anybody tuned in, check out Jake at Crane and Company. Tune in their show daily. Hey, I appreciate you, my man. Looking forward to next week. Already, man. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, shoot, we, uh, we're about to kick it off. Let's get this party started. Let's go, baby. Appreciate you, Jake. Have a good weekend. We'll See talk you. soon. All right, See brother. You. Great stuff from my friend Jake Crane over at Crane and Company. Jeff, I feel the same way, man. Love, love Jake Crane's energy. Reminds me a lot of myself and, uh, we always have a blast, man. Hey, babes and waves, you just subscribe to Crane. Love that. Y'all go subscribe. Go check them out. Jake Crane, Crane and Company, awesome stuff. Hey, and listen, listen, I can tell you this. You may not, I'd say the same thing about myself. You may not like what Jake has to say at times, but you have to respect the fact that he's willing to give a take, give an opinion, and stand behind it. And I'll tell you guys this. You might think I'm crazy, but not only do I not run away from the contrary opinion, right? I embrace it. I want more of it. I don't want people to just come on these airwaves and tell me everything I want to hear because I picked the game cops to go eight and four, sure. But if everybody came on, called in, came on the show and just told me, yeah, your pick is right, you're, it'd get boring, wouldn't it? It'd get boring. Um, so anyways, I appreciate Jake Crane always keeping it real, always keeping it a buck, always keeping it 100 and bringing the freaking energy. Guys, on that note, I want you to bring the energy after the break because we're taking more of your questions, your comments, your calls, 
790-3377. We will do that after the break, guys. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I love the fact that you guys continue to rag Jake Crane about his prediction, which, hey, he picked us to go 5-7, and seven, so it is what it is. I totally understand. He should get all of the uh, all of the heat from you guys. Uh, more predictions coming out. Mark Schlaback, or is, it, is that how you say it? Schlaball, Schlaback, whatever. Of ESPN, he dropped his records for each SEC team. Of course, he's got Alabama winning the SEC championship. But for the East, he does have Georgia, like I do, going undefeated, 12-0, 8-0 in SEC play. He's got the Gamecocks finishing fourth in the SEC, 7-5, 4-4 in the league, pretty standard. But he's got Kentucky, 9-3, 5-3 in the SEC in second, and he's got Tennessee in third, 8-4, Four and four in SEC play. Florida in fifth, seven and five, four and four. Mizzou in six. He's actually got Mizzou making a bowl. Six and six, two and six in league play. And then Vandy finishing out three and nine, oh and eight in SEC play. So, guys, phone lines are open. I'd love to hear from you. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Again, guys, if you have not checked out today's podcast, be sure to do so. It's a fun one, and I think it's one that'll probably get you guys pretty riled up because we talk defensive line, and uh, I graded the defensive line, and I gave him a C plus, right? I gave him a C plus, <clears throat> and a lot of you might hear that and say, what are you talking about, a C plus? Guys, I, I, am, I am tired of hyping up the D line. I'm tired of hyping up the defensive line. Just go play ball. Go stop the run. Go get after the quarterback. Like, Year after year after year after year, right? We do this. It sounds like we have breaking news. Let me see this real quick. Uh, was that was that Luke RJ that just broke news? That seemed to cannot find for some reason. Luke RJ breaking news? Jadavion, yeah, Jadavion Clowney will have his jersey retired in ceremonies at halftime of South Carolina's September the 3rd game at Williams-Brice Stadium against Georgia State. How about that? How about that? Huh, huh, isn't that something? J.D. Clowney getting his jersey retired. I love that. I love, we need to do more of that. That needs to happen more. Jadavion Clowney getting his jersey retired. So, yeah, maybe... Maybe Clowney will be at the game. I, why wouldn't he be there? Why wouldn't he be? So, hey, you can argue it should be this play or that play, but this is a good start. This, this needs to happen more. This needs to happen more. This needs to happen more. Recognize the great players. And I wonder, so where will they put it? Like, where will they, where will they honor it, right? Where will they honor it? Interesting. Ooh. Ooh. Yo, this is sharp. This is sharp. Finally, bro. Finally. Finally. Yo, this is, this, this, sorry, I, I know I'm like, you guys are like, what? 
This David Cloninger tweet, I'm going to throw this in the TDC Questions channel. I'll throw the link, to in this chat. Bro, this is fire. This is fire. Check this out. Check this out. Hopefully the comment posted in Facebook. David Cloninger, though, on Twitter, just posted a picture of they are now putting the retired numbers um, like up on the like where the press box is, and it says South Carolina Gamecocks. They're putting it below that, and it looks really sharp. I'm a, I'm a I'm a very very big fan of that. I am a very big fan of that. <clears throat> yes, I am a very big fan of that. That is awesome. That is awesome. Hold on, guys. Sorry, I'm firing off a tweet, man. I'm firing off a tweet. This is terrible content. Um, boom, there we go. I type fast as hell, too. I know I know somebody's probably commenting about it. Love that. Yep, J.D. Clowney will have his jersey retired at halftime. Isn't that something? <clears throat> Isn't that something? Um... Let's see. Luke RJ, why are you surprised so much? Luke RJ, when is the last time we retired a jersey? I'll wait. It, it has been a very long time. It has been a very, very, very long time. Um, so I think, guys, the jersey's being retired. I don't, I don't know that the number's being retired. Robbie Davis, a.k.a. Sense. Kirk Herb Street. But maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know the exact details. Here we go. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, man? I'm just bouncing around uh, uh, like during the week. One week I'm Kirk Herbstreet, or one day I'm Kirk Herbstreet. The next day I'm a Zach Hall of Famer. You know, just changing it up a little bit. You know, I love that. I don't know what you'll be on Monday or next week or the five. Hey, who knows? Just uh, keep I'll it fresh. Be, I'll keep be it... either pissed off or very happy. Okay? There you go. Let's love leave that. It at that. I'll, love I'll that. be. I'll be. I'll either be pissed off or very happy. <laughs> love that. But um, um, to the whole. Here's the thing, okay, right? With a coach can only do so much, right? With getting a team ready to play a play a game, and that's with any sport, okay? Basketball, football, any sport, okay? Doesn't matter, right? Their job, like the coach's job, is to get you ready for the game, right? The coach, the the, the play, the, the player's job, you got to go out there and execute. The coach, all the coach can do is call the plays, right? The player's job is you got to go execute. And I am telling you, if we do not execute come Saturday night at 7.30, we could get our ass beat. Get our tail spanked, Robbie Davis. Okay? And it won't be pretty. Okay? And I just got, conf conf I just got confirmation from... My father, a.k.a. Uncle Boudreaux, we will be present and accounted for Saturday night in Willie B for the season opener. Let's go! <laughs> Love 
Love to hear no, it. Love to hear it. Let's go. <laughs> Cox by a zillion. Cox by a zillion. Let's go. Robbie Davis in the building. Uncle Boudreau, the real MVP for making it happen. Let's go. Uh, the plan is we're going to get our tickets when we get there because I know there will be people trying to sell them. So we're going to get our tickets when we get there. We might try to get them from Will Call. I don't know. Something. We'll, we'll figure something out. But we'll head up there. And, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take care of business. And I watched some of the sports news last night, and they showed Georgia State practicing with 2001 blaring. And I'm thinking to myself, you can blare 2001 all you want, but until you experience the crowd in Willie B, mm-hmm. plus 2001 and Sandstorm, oh, Lord, may God be with you because you're going to need him. Because you get, you have those two things plus the crowd going nuts. You're, no, no. Yeah. Robbie, what did, you, uh, what did you think about the lights? The video, the light. Uh, they are, they're, pretty, they're pretty sweet. Okay. I don't know why it took so dang long to get them up, put them up there. And to be honest, I do like them. I do. I do. And I feel like, but like I said, right, a coach can only do so much. The players, the coach's job is to put you in the best position to win, right? If the player doesn't, if the players don't execute, guess what? In my opinion, that's not on the coaches. That's on the players. The coaches have already have already put you in the best position to win, and you didn't, and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't do as you were taught, right? So right. technically, it would be on the players. <clears throat> Am I right or am I wrong? Listen, the players are the ones that make plays. Robbie, you correct. Yes, yes. The exactly. players are the ones that make plays. Yes. If you if you don't if and, and like I said with the whole engine thing a couple weeks ago, right? A car can't go very far if there's something wrong with the engine. There's a specific thing wrong. If there's, if there's a specific thing wrong with your vehicle engine, Chris, you're probably not going nowhere, right or wrong. That is a fact, my guy. That is a fact. They will make sure that they put the correct players on the field to where we will make we'll, we'll make sure that when we walk out of our home stadium next Saturday, we walk out with a W, okay? And Georgia State, all they get is a paycheck and an ass whooping. That's all they get. That's all they get, and that's all they deserve. That's all they deserve. A paycheck and an ass whooping. That's what they're going to get. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. I will see you Saturday. Rain or shine, next Saturday, rain or shine. Honestly, I love going to games whenever it rains because it's so much fun. Seriously. Playing a football game in the rain, so much fun. Watching a football game in the rain, almost as fun. But yeah, either way, man, rain or shine, rain. we'll be we'll be out there at the tailgate. We'll be out there at the game. It's going to be one hell of a night. Can't wait. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's going to be great. 
going to be going to give Georgia State all kinds of hell for three, three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. They won't know what to do. Their head will be spinning. Because there's a major difference between playing something over a loudspeaker and dealing with it in real life, okay, in my opinion. All right? So we're going to take care of business and beat Georgia State next Saturday like a drum, okay? Go Gamecocks, and to hell with Clemson. You have a great rest of your great rest of your weekend, and uh, I will talk to you Monday after the ass open that we give Georgia Georgia State. I love and it. Give you my analysis. <clears throat> I can't wait to hear it, my guy. Cannot wait to hear it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Robbie, right, man, you have man. a good one. You're the man. I appreciate you. Great stuff, Robbie Davis. That's Robbie Davis. Cam Johnson, Seawells, my dude. Seawells, the tailgate. We'll be at Seawells, yes. We'll be out there by noon going all day long, all day and all night, and we'll celebrate a big victory against Georgia State when we come back. So, um, Luke RJ, Chris, I was talking about you being surprised. I saw it on Twitter first. Not about, oh, well, I mean, I don't know, Luke. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm really glad they're doing it. Uh, David Barnes, how are you going to go about selecting a bowl game with a simulation? Also, might be cool to see how we'd hold up against Bama and Atlanta. David, we went we went literally seven and five in the simulation. We we did not make it to Atlanta, my guy. Um, we'll probably do Music City Bowl against Maryland. I just think that'd be a fun one. That'd be a fun one to. And at seven and five, that's about right. Uh, we'll do Music City Bowl against Maryland probably either Sunday night or Monday night. Guys, I'm not going to, like, throw it on the schedule, though. I'm actually going to town this weekend, as I'm sure many of you already knew. Uh, so I don't know exactly what time I'll be back Sunday. So we'll either do it Sunday or Monday night. Those are really the only two nights we could do it. Uh, Tuesday, we've got our event. Wednesday, we got Welcome Home South kind of football. Uh, Thursday, we got the event in Greenville, the Greenville Gamecock Club thing I'll go to. And then Friday, I mean, it's game day eve, and there's a good chance I'll be heading down, heading into town to Columbia and, and uh, then, of course, it's game day. So, uh, I'll keep you updated, David. I'll let you guys know. But it'll either be Sunday or Monday night. J-Rock Media says, if Sat doesn't cook, call a good offensive game, <clears throat> is it still all on the players? I hope he does better this year, but that really plagued us last season, just saying. Uh, again, J-Rock Media, thank God the season's about to start so we have a new sample size for, for Marcus Satterfield. Because, again, as I've said before, I look at last year. Yes, there were questionable calls with Sat. But you also have to take into account the personnel that they had. You do. You have to take into account the personnel that they had. What he was working with. So I think it was 50-50. I think it was 50-50 personnel and coaching. I don't think it was just all on Satterfield. But, hey, this year, we'll tell the tale, right? This year, we'll tell the tale. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Justin, I believe, sent a text. He says, Hope Vandy beats Hawaii and brings the W for the SEC. Yeah, go doors. Go doors. Uh, somebody asked, by the way, if I sell merchandise or if we sell merchandise at the tailgate. So we'll have koozies and towels on hand. Outside of that, guys, I do not keep inventory on hand in regards to T-shirts, hats, hoodies, lawn, anything. The only inventory I have on hand is towels and koozies. And honestly, guys, the reason I do that 
is because it is just so much easier to operate that way. It, it, it's just so much easier to operate that way. Um, you know, I, at some point we, we might have inventory. hand. If I do that, I would have to hire somebody to help me out with merchandise. I mean, it just, we, we sell that much merch. We move that much merch and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to like, Oh, let's flex, but like we're moving that much merch where it's like, I need somebody to do that while I'm doing my thing. So that could happen in the future. That could happen in the near future. But right now, uh, get all your merchandise online, tsus.store, tsus.store. And then from there, um, from there, we will, you know, we, we will get that out to you in a court, but I'll have the towels and the koozies on hand. Uh, guys, a little flustered right now. So, very excited, very happy to announce an achievement today that just happened. Very proud to announce we have officially hit 25,000 followers on Twitter. How about that? 25,000 followers on Twitter, man. Incredible. Incredible. It's, it's, uh, and it really is. I mean, it, it really is, bro, because this, this is, I mean, what you guys, I'm sure already know, but like, this is the same account that five years ago, five and a half now years ago, I started with, with 30 followers. Like it's the same account. We didn't, we didn't buy some account with 10,000 or we didn't buy followers. It has been organic growth for five and a half, damn near coming up on January, six years, 25,000 followers. I mean, that is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. So we just hit 25,000 followers while on air. Uh, we were like 15 away or 10 away or so when we first uh, started the show. So just incredible, man. Just just absolutely incredible. Uh, really appreciate y'all, man. Love, support. Those who do follow on Twitter, I'm sure not everybody does, but those who do follow on Twitter, I appreciate it, man. I, I know a lot of times it's it's craziness and it's madness and it's, and it's just all over the place, but uh, – Thank y'all, man, for supporting on the Bird app. Really do appreciate it, and uh, cheers, man. Cheers to the next 25,000, and it's just a uh, blessing. I mean, it's just a blessing, man. There's so many things, you know, I, I would, and it, what's, what's so exciting, again, I, guys, I've said this before, but what's so exciting is I was saying a lot of these same things last year, but, you know, we're we're hitting a lot of milestones, and we're, 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 we're receiving a lot of different accolades, and we're achieving a lot of different things, and we're setting a lot of different records, and it's like, I'm saying that again this year, you know what I mean? And I feel like I'll be saying this again next year, and it just continues to grow and evolve and get better. And again, it's because of you guys, the love and support, man. So I just can't say thank you enough. Uh, John said, just unfollow back to 24999. Yeah, that's why That's why you really should probably, John, wait, right? I mean, your, your, your good buddy Freeman's got a lot of experience with that, right? Getting to 10,000, huh? Oh, that, that, that hurt, didn't it? That burned a little bit. Um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you got to wait a little bit and get get about ten or fifteen or twenty more followers, so you don't uh, you, you don't you don't go under the number after you celebrate getting there. Um, either way, though, man. Either way, I, I appreciate the love, appreciate the support. Um, really cool stuff, really cool stuff. Anyways, guys, we're talking Gamecocks here, and again, I'm excited for the podcast today. Excited for the podcast. They talking defensive line, talking defensive line. If you guys have not checked it out, you definitely should. Um, Jordan Birch. Big topic of conversation, right? Is this the year Jordan Birch finally lives up to the five-star potential and all of his hype and what his recruiting profile said he was supposed to be? 
And I don't want to pile on this kid, right? And and I certainly at this point don't want to use that treacherous B word, right? And I'm talking about bust. People get really upset when you label a player a bust. Like they take it personally because I feel like labeling somebody a bust is really dismissive. It's a very dismissive thing, right? But Jordan Birch is creeping ever so close to bust territory. And I'm sorry, but when you have the type of recruiting profile and the type of hype and the type of expectation that he has had, I mean, guys, we're talking about a dude. Jadavion Clowney's about to have his jersey retired, right? Jordan Birch is the highest rated signee in the history of South Carolina football outside of Jadavion Clowney. Like, when you've got that type of recruiting profile, right? When you're rated that type of player, guys, the expectations just come with it. And we're talking about a dude hadn't done a whole lot since he's been here, right? Hadn't done a whole lot. Is this the year Jordan Birch finally lives up to it? And I'm not even, dude, I'm not even saying live up to, you know, what that rating says he should be. Is this the year Jordan Birch even makes an impact? Is this the year Jordan Birch even, even makes plays for this defense? And they so desperately need him because depth at edge is a concern. Quality depth at edge is a concern. This defense so desperately needs Jordan Birch to be the guy they recruited him to be. You know, you hate to say there's there's more pressure on a guy because, well, he was a five-star, but as I've told you all before, and I think this will change under Beamer, but, you know, right now, you're not getting six or seven five-stars a class, right? You're not getting a ton of those guys. So when you do get one, you need them to pan out. Jordan Birch is one of those guys. And especially, again, when you think second highest rated signee in the history of your program, they need him to play like it this year. So, again, nobody likes that bust label. Nobody likes it, but I tell you right now, he has another one-sack season. He's a bust. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Brian Mobley says Josh Belk. I mean, Josh Belk went to Clemson, man. I know he came here, but Josh Belk was a slap dick. Sorry. I just, whatever. Just label it as it should be labeled. Josh Belk was a slap dick. Ain't no other way to put it. Uh, yeah. John, I hate the way you phrased that question, by the way, and I know what you were doing. I know what you were doing. David Barnes, is Dawkins an upgrade from Aaron Sterling? I don't know. Listen, Terrell Dawkins, a guy that transferred from NC State, had a great freshman year. I don't know what he's going to be. I really don't know what Terrell Dawkins is going to be. I have no idea. I have no idea, my friend. Is he going to be that freshman guy or, you know? Where, where I think he, like, led all freshmen in sacks in the ACC in 2020. Last year, he was just kind of a – he was an okay player. Wasn't great. But edge depth – I mean, J.C. Sherbert talked about it yesterday, right? Edge depth's a concern. Edge depth is a concern, no doubt. Let's see. Travis Lee says, Demetrius Summers, biggest bust ever. Yeah, I mean, he's one of them. You know, it's it, but it's interesting, though, right? I mean, there's probably a, maybe some folks tuned in here, but I, maybe I feel not because you guys, you embrace the banter, right? You embrace it. If you're tuned into this, you embrace banter. 
But a lot – like, if I let, – let me put it to you this way. Like, if I did a podcast over the summer, you know, we rated top five everything. If I did a, a podcast, top five busts in Gamecocks football history, bro, people would get very upset. I, I'm, I'm telling you, they would get very upset. Because it's just – calling someone a bust, it is such a dismissive term. But if we're keeping it real, what is the definition of a bust, right? It's someone that comes in – with lofty expectations, right? With a with an incredibly incredibly high ceiling, you feel like, and just never lives up to it. Just never lives up to hype and expectations. I mean, my buddy, I, I I said this on the podcast, but and I've told you guys before, my buddy that works at Georgia, he told me, Chris, when we got Birch, he said, Chris, if he's not a first rounder, y'all messed up. That's the type of talent Jordan Birch is. That's why we wanted him. That's why everybody wanted him. Everybody wanted this guy. Everybody wanted this guy. And the fact we are hyping up Jordan Strawn, the Georgia State transfer, more than Jordan Birch, it just says it all. It just says it all, man. I understand that recruiting is imperfect. I understand the system, the rating system, the stars. It is imperfect. But how could they miss so badly on this kid? How can you rate someone so high? And maybe once the dust is settled in this season, we'll be saying, there it was. You know, Jordan Birch just needed time to develop, and he finally came into his own. But I, I, I just... I don't know, man. We like we haven't. I feel like what's crazy about Birch, we haven't even seen like flashes. Do y'all really feel like he's flashed at any point? He had a big hit against Vanderbilt in 2020, and he had that pick six last year, but it came against EIU. Like, what other plays has he made? Has he made any other memorable plays? Like, remember Jadavion Clowney, 2011 flung Aaron Murray to the ground, and the Gamecocks won 45-42 in that game, right? Remember that play? Like, there were moments that J.D. Clowney had that you were like, there it is. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a legend. He's going to be one of the best. Like, Birch has just not had that. Am, am I, let me ask you this. Am I being too harsh on Jordan Birch? Am I being too harsh? I don't feel like I am. Again, you come in with that profile. You come in with that hype. I'm not saying you got to be a, a three-time All-American and be a first-round draft pick. He's done nothing, though. Like, literally nothing. Yeah, somebody tweeted out, I hate, yeah, for sure, hate Jordan Birch. Yeah. Cam Johnson feels like he don't have much dog in him. <laughs> hey, what's his motor? What's his, I, I, I don't know. Because you feel like all the physical attributes, obviously, are there, right? They're there. I see a lot of folks talking about uh, Ryan Helinski was a bust. You know, I, 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 dude, we we could we could go into a whole separate combo about Helinski and everything that happened behind the scenes. Um, and some people will go to their grave saying Ryan Helinski got wronged and got you know Mike Mike Bobo brought his guy Colin Hill in. What what's what's tough about it is this. It's it's it almost feels unfair to come down hard on any quarterback that played under Will Muschamp. The man was a destroyer of quarterbacks. 
I don't care if you like Will Muschamp, if you dislike Will Muschamp, if you're in the middle, because believe it or not, as we saw a few weeks ago, there's still a lot of Will Muschamp stands out there. There's a lot of people that love Will Muschamp for whatever reason. But you can't deny the man killed every quarterback he coached. What quarterback got better under his leadership? You go back to Florida and you look at South Carolina. Every quarterback he coached got worse. So it's hard, like, you know, was Holinsky a bust? You know, I, I... I don't know that I'd label him that. He didn't really play here long enough to be labeled that. But it is crazy, right? It is crazy how quickly that changed. Because it was like one day, Ryan Holinsky, he's the answer. He's our guy. He's the future. And it felt like the next day he was gone. The next day, Colin Hill was the guy. And, and again, I know many of you will look at it and say, oh, man, you know, Ryan Holinsky just got done wrong, man. He got done wrong. Guys, he allowed Colin Hill to come in and take his job. He did. He lost his job. And from things that, guys, Eric, I, I know he won't care about me saying this because he's not even on staff anymore. <clears throat> Eric Kimry. Eric Kimry, who was on our staff last year. <laughs> Call from your boy John Edward. I'll get into that in just a second. Your boy Hit John Edward. Your boy John Edward. What's up, man? Nothing. No, I see. I got. I'm home early. Got off work early, but I just got to play. I'm just thankful for the weekend, dude. We're down to eight days. Eight days, my friend. By the way, I, I did miss your call last night on the show because we did not listen. Uh, we did not listen to the entire call-in show. So, what did you ask Coach okay. Beamer? I'm curious. Okay, so I called in. And I'm like, okay, I gotta. This is actually my thought. So I'm like, okay, I gotta have like, what topic or question do I ask to actually get through? Because I'm like you, they actually like screen it, or I guess is I guess is what they do. So I'm like, what do I need to ask Beam to actually get through before I actually ask him the question? So I asked Coach, what has I think impressed you about uh, Spencer Rattler's leadership thus far through camp? and how he adjusted to being at South Carolina. And then I threw there at the end. Uh, I just basically thanked him for, you know, you know, hopefully turning this thing around and getting us back to a point where we want this program to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. And I'm sure he was he was very right. happy to hear from you. Yeah, I called in last year. And I'm like, I got call in. I called in at his very first one last year, <clears throat> the first time at coach. And I'm like, I got to get through somehow in this second year. Always calling at least at the beginning of the season because I'm I'm sure once the season is going, have probably more to ask. But right here before the uh, season starts, like really, what do you have to ask him? Mm-hmm. So he'll ask me probably answer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> well, I'm glad um, you I'm glad you got in with Beamer. That's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 pretty cool. Um, I don't like my my mom actually brought this up last night. Like, like you keep, she keeps telling me, like you keep talking about the previous coach. I'm like, mommy, don't really know how bad it was. And I'm like, I hate reflecting on it in a negative way all the time, but just like the comparison is just like so far between in a good way. And 
um, yeah, uh, that I got through last night. And um, so you did on the podcast today talk about Rutgers. So, like, you're thinking it's not as serious as we thought. Like, I'll probably miss next week, but it's not as serious as, like, something. Like, could he still have surgery? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's not quite as serious. Um, Corey Rucker himself went on Twitter and said that uh, it was not the case that he missed the season. So, you know, we, we, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know specifically. We don't – but he's – I think he's probably going to miss a couple games. I, if I had to guess, um, I don't think he's going to uh-huh. miss no time. I don't think he's going to miss the year. It's somewhere in the in, in between. In, in between. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as just my guess. In, in, just in my guess. I'm, That's just my guess. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. You don't. Yeah, you just, you're guessing. But I mean, I don't know how his, if, his know, ankle hear, or foot or whatever is going to recover. We, none of us really know. So, yeah. But, you know, if, if you know, if, if take, take, I guess, with a grain of salt or, you know, whatever, if you want to, you know, say, believe what Corey said on, I guess, on Twitter, I'll probably go look and see what he said. But, um, if, if he says he's not going to miss the season, then, you know, unless something changes. Yeah, so I think uh, – uh, I think – Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I get out of here, um, I was actually driving my way home today, Chris, and I'm like, you know what, this is game week next week. I don't know, maybe it seemed to me seem like a nerd or something. I don't know how people feel about this. But um, I think what I'm going to do is Monday through Friday next week when I go to, go into work next week, it's just, it's just me personally. I think every day I go to work, I'm going to wear a garnet shirt. I love that idea. I, I don't think you're a nerd at all for yeah, that. I love, I mean, I love yeah. that idea. I mean, I do wear stuff during the week, but it's not like every, you know, day. But yeah. maybe on football season, it might be more. Especially next week being the first game week. So, I might, I'm like, I'll probably end up doing that. But, um, um, hey, I, I did see on my phone that uh, Clowney's going to have his uh, jersey retired. He is indeed. Yeah, he is indeed, man. It's awesome. I, I'm uh, well deserved. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he's the. Hopefully, he's the first of. You know, I'll say a, a couple at minimum. I mean, I you know a couple. I think, yeah, yeah. You, you got to. Uh, they're going to retire the jersey, not the number, right? So that that means that the, the number seven can still be worn. But I, I think you've got to okay. retire like a Phil Petty, a Connor Shaw, a Lattimore. I and mean, there's a lot of guys yeah. that that need to be recognized, in my opinion. So. Let me see. I'm gonna come up with like five. So what, let me ask you: What's the difference between his jersey getting retired and I, so numbers can still be won? But what, like, what's the meaning behind this jersey getting retired? Like, what's that? So I mean, they they just do that so that players so they don't run out of numbers. Basically, players can still wear the number. Um, it, it's okay. it's basically just a way to recognize them, like in the stadium or whatever. Okay. But uh, guys can still. Uh, the university stopped or adopted the policy about a decade ago where they, they don't retire numbers anymore. They just retire jerseys. So it just, yeah, it just, it just allows the number to still be in use. For example, Sterling Sharp's number is retired. Nobody can wear two. Nobody can ever wear two again. Okay. Um, but if you wear, if you retire the jersey, obviously JD Clowney's jersey getting retired. Spencer Rattler is wearing seven. So, okay. Gotcha. But still, he's getting recognized with well deserved and, right. um, yeah, I mean, good for him. What he did for three years. So I'm assuming. I'm just totally guessing here. It's, it's gonna probably happen on probably two, three weekends because it is. I, I maybe they're doing next weekend before he actually starts playing in the NFL, or they're doing on his off week, or he'll do it on a Sunday he's not playing. I have no idea. It's gotta be one of those because knowing what he's got going on, right? Gotta be one of those three. He'll do. 
for, for him, I should say. But um, anyway, I thought calling has been way too long. Yeah, man, I appreciate you calling in, and uh, hope you have a great weekend. Looking forward to next week, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. I mean, it's <sighs> – I got to figure out how I'm going to keep up with the game this week. I mean, I'll have my phone on before I get out of here. But um, I actually have – I think – I'm not sure where I'm doing this yet. It's just totally off Gamecock topic, but I'm just – I have a – I think I'm getting together with four of my friends for, like, an in-person draft probably in Rock Hill somewhere. Um, next next Saturday or something. We haven't even, like confirmed what we're doing yet, but like we're probably five of us gonna be doing something to hang out during our live draft. So I gotta keep up with the Carolina game because it'll probably be draft to probably be that later. So yeah, for I sure. That out. It'll be a fun <laughs> week. Like, not... Yeah, it'll be a fun week. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, dude, I can't wait. Same here, John Edward. I appreciate you, All my right, guy. Hey, uh, yeah, I appreciate you too, bro. Yeah, man. Take care. We'll talk soon. All right. I'll see you. Yeah, see you, bud. All right, man. Later. Great stuff. John Edward. We always appreciate him calling in. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick break, but I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. Phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. Again, you can also text that number. If you have any questions, um, Travis Lee brings up again, what was I saying about Kimry? Yeah. So, anyways, we were just talking about the whole Ryan Helensky thing, and he he told me literally the uh, leading into that 2020 season about the whole Colin Hill-Ryan Helensky deal. He said, Chris, Colin Hill is a full letter grade better of a quarterback than Ryan Helensky. That wasn't coming from a biased party. Like, that was just just flat-out football talk. Talking ball, Colin Hill is a full letter grade better than Ryan Holinsky. Off his analysis, and Eric Kimry, Eric Kimry knows the quarterback position somewhat, so that was his take on it. Anyways, it's, you know, for what could have been with Ryan Holinsky? That's really how we look at it. What could have been, right? What could have been? Let's jump into this question. Uh, Austin Greisman from YouTube says, I'd like your take on this. Our rushing defense is better than the numbers show. The offense unable to stay on the field made the rush defense numbers way worse. The games that South Carolina had more than 250 yards of offense, opponents rushed for an average of 136 yards. If we had 250 or less, they averaged 260 yards. I would like to know, Travis, or excuse me, Austin, how many games was that? What was the sample size? Games where opponents ran 65 or less plays, they averaged 120 yards. If they ran 66 or more, they averaged 220 rushing yards. Looking at Tennessee and Texas A&M games, across eight quarters, the rushing yards opponents got in each drive. First drive averaged 7.75. Second drive averaged 21.25. Third drive averaged 36 yards. Austin, that's very interesting to statistics you throw out there for sure. And again, I, I, I love to... I'd love to get more information in regards to how many games each specifically was. I mean, listen, it's a team game, right? So, yeah, if the offense, it's not a guarantee, but you're not helping your defense out when you can't stay on the field and have any sort of productivity offensively yourself, right? With all that being said, I would still say, Austin, the fact of the matter is this, we finished 11th in rush defense. Like, we we were not good stopping the run. We were not. We were not good against the run. Um, I just get so tired of hearing the whole, well, the, you know, the offense just 
the defense, this defense is on the field. The offense can't stay on the field. Like, it's still the defense's job to get a stop. Bottom line, it's their job to get a stop. I understand it's a team game. Again, you're not doing your defense any favors when you're going three and out. But it's still the defense's job to get a stop. I, I just, I don't know how you could watch last year. And, I mean, that's a hell of a, that's, I mean, Again, I would love to hear more on those statistics of what are the sample sizes with the games. Um, but just the eye test would tell you, Austin, last year, we, we struggled against the run. Like, there were many, many instances where we struggled greatly to stop the run. Um, he says, I just remember game after game of big defensive stop, and then we give the ball back immediately. I mean, listen, that definitely happened. That definitely happened. But we haven't been able to stop the run in quite a while, it feels like, my guy. So, no, listen, listen, there's a point to what you're saying. I, I'm not trying to sit here and completely say, you're wrong. There's a point. It's a team game. Both sides feed off each other, right? I would just say that it's hard for me to come out of a ball game and say, well, you know, well, the reason the, the defense struggled is because the offense didn't help them out and they struggled. Sometimes your defense just has to pick you up. Sometimes your offense has to pick you up if you have a bad day on defense, right? Like, it happens. So, I, I I would prefer the defense to be good no matter what the offense is doing, right? But it is a team game. I, I just, Austin, I, I look at this defense, and again, it just feels like we go through this vicious cycle year after year after year. We're talking about, oh, man, the defensive line. It's, it, it's going to be one of the best we've had since 2013. You look at all these players. We hype the defensive lineup every year. And then we turn around into season, it's like, oh, we were 11th against the run. We were 93rd nationally in stopping the run. We only forced 26 sacks, 14 of those. Only 14 of those came from the defensive line. A lot of great individual players or a lot of great individual talents, but for whatever reason, the last, it feels like a couple years at minimum, the hype feels like it always exceeds the production of this group. That's why I've graded them a C plus. Show me. I, I'm done hyping the defensive lineup. Show me. I just want to see it. I'm not saying there aren't talented individuals in that room. But again, every single year it feels like we're hyping up the D-line, and every single year we can't stop the run. Every year. I can't recall the last time we could stop the run consistently. There are talented individuals in this room. And, and what's so intriguing, Shane Beamer, countless times this preseason, right, countless, has said the defensive tackles are the strength, not of the defense, of the football team. They're the best position group. I love Coach Beamer. We all love Coach Beamer. You say some shit like that, we better be better stopping the run. We, we, we better be better against the run this year. You cannot preach and, and, and highly tout that group and be what you were or worse than last year. Got to stop the run better. I'm bottom line. J-Rock Media says defense does need to improve unless you have a defense like Georgia last year when all your offense does is go three and out, you're going to wear down and lose games. Indeed, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying anybody's wrong. I'm not saying anybody's wrong. I, I don't disagree. Hey, it's a team game, like I said. 
if the offense gets better, it'll probably help the defense out, for sure. And the defense, let's, let's make it very clear, that's what's crazy. The defense wasn't bad last year. They weren't good against the run, but the defense as a whole, 20, what was it, 24 points per game? I think that's a solid year. I would take that again. In a world that is college football and just football in general where, where offensive production so high and teams are scoring 30, 40, 50 points a game, like 24 points per game is, is solid. It's not elite. It's certainly not elite, but it's solid. It's good enough. It's good enough, I think, you know, you have that type of production again. And, and I say all that, too. You guys, if you've listened to me for long enough, if you've listened throughout this preseason, you listen to me talk about the defense, you know that I'm high on the defense. I, I, I think Clayton White's an incredible coordinator. I hope we keep him as long as we can. I, I love what Clayton White's doing. Um, I think we will improve against the run marginally. Marginally. I think pass defense will be – will take – I don't want to say a step back, but – if teams are struggling to – like, I hope we don't finish top 10 in pass defense, guys, because it's like Coach Lawing said. If you finish top 10 in pass defense, the main reason that's happening is because teams don't have to throw the ball. They're just going to run it down your throat. That, that's why that happened, right? Because when teams wanted to beat us, and if they were taking advantage of a, of a matchup, it was on the ground more often than not. So, you know, I, but I, but I think all that being said – I think there will be a slight improvement because this is a more talented group than last year. I think they're pretty close, though, to what they were last year. And again, I say all that, I think that's pretty good. I, I think that's a that's a group that can, again, I've picked eight and four. I think that's a group that can lead you to eight wins. And I think Austin Griezmann's correct. The offense has got to hold up their end of the bargain. And it will help everyone. So, hey, let, let's, 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 Let's be fair to the defense. Let's be fair to the defensive line. The offense did you no favors last year. How much could an improved offense help the defense? Right? How much could an offense that doesn't go three and out, that doesn't just give the football back to the opposing team, how much could that help the defense? Right? It's a team game. Both sides feed off each other. So if we see improvement in the offensive side, who knows what that could do for the defensive guys? Because they were put in some tough situations last year. And Austin, I, I say it's an if because I don't think it guarantees we're going to be able to stop the run. We, we just got bullied at times last year, dude. I, you just, I, I don't think it all of a sudden turns you into some elite run defense. That's, you know, maybe I'm wrong, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Luke RJ, what's our base defense? So many D-line players. Edge players and linebacker players on the field at the same time. Is it, it's a 4-2-5 defense, Luke. 4-2-5. So, four, four linemen, two linebackers, five secondary players. Five defensive backs. What have you. 4-2-5. That's the base defense. Um, anyways, yeah. I mean, listen. I, I, I think the run defense will be better. Slightly better, but I think it will be better. Right? I think it will be better. Uh, pass defense, I don't think it'll be top 10. And again, that's not a like, oh my God, they're just not, not going to be as good. Like, I think we'll be more, if this makes sense, more balanced defensively. I think we'll be more balanced defensively, right? More balanced defensively. 
Let's see. Aaron Hodges, do you think Birch is as good as Inigbare? Aaron, do I think Jordan Birch has more talent than J.J. Inigbare? Well, on paper, yes. I mean, if you go by stars, everybody preaches stars. I'm, you know, stars matter. If you go by that, then yeah, absolutely. Will he be as productive as Inigbare? That's the question I have. It ain't about his talent. Just will he be productive? Will he finally show up? I'm excited for Jordan Strawn, personally. I think Jordan Strawn leads this team in sacks. I think Jordan Strawn's the sack leader of this team. I, it, it's just really hard for me to, to, to put all my stock in, in Jordan Birch at this point. I, I, I hate to say that, but show me. Again, show me. Show me. That's, that's the theme of this defensive line. Show me. Show me. And I'll be honest with you, looking what's been, what's, and why I love doing these position unit previews, because we go through, we break down the roster. We look at all of the players, right, within the group. And so we get a good idea of this is who we got. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Going through this defensive line group, I'm, I'm a little nervous in regards to rushing the quarterback. I am. I, I just, we are, we are not as deep on the edges in regards to, you know, elite pass rushers as I think we need to be. That's why you're seeing us going and recruiting so many of them. Will we be able to get after the quarterback on a consistent basis? That's a question. Are we going to have to blitz to produce pressure? And I, I know Clayton White, you know, aggressive defense. We do blitz. That's great. But it's a luxury to get there with four. It's a luxury to get there with three. You talk to Brad Lowing. I mean, this is a man, again, that knows pass rush. He was able to get there with three and four. Granted, he had guys like Jadavion Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Devin Taylor, Cliff Matthews, Chaz Sutton. The list goes on and on and on. I just, you know, I, I think there's a reason you're seeing Beamer and them lock in so hard on edge guys is we, we are – a little bit lacking in that department. We we don't have, we're not five, six deep on the edge of elite guys, you know. Tyreek Johnson breaks out. Maybe, maybe Hot Rod Fenton breaks out, you know. Maybe Terrell Dawkins is really that dude, but, you know, it's just question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. And Aaron Hodges says if he leads the team in sacks, they're getting run all over. Strawn's a small guy. But I, I know Strawn, Aaron, is a lean guy. Sacks, though, I mean, he's going to be on the edge every play. He's a starting guy. I've got him. I've literally got him as my number one edge guy. I've got him ahead of Birch. How can you list Birch number one right now? How, how could you? How could you? What has he done to earn that? I mean, I think Strawn's the, the, the top edge guy. Who would you put? Strawn's the top edge guy. I think, I mean... I'm not in the building. I'm not making the depth chart, but I think Strawn's definitely a starter. But, you know, listen, run defense is a question. There's no doubt, and I understand what Greaseman's saying and others. Yes, the offense has got to help, but run defense is still a question. It's not as simple as, well, if the offense is better, then run defense is just not a big deal. Yeah, it's still kind of a big deal in my opinion. I just, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if, if the offense scores 30 a game, all of a sudden you'll just see run defense take this massive leap. I hope that's the case. I really do. Um, but it's just got to improve. The problem with this football team, what's so intriguing, 
the question marks surrounding this football team, they're the same on both sides. Line of scrimmage. Line of scrimmage. That is the biggest thing holding South kind of football back right now is line of scrimmage. They've got some athletes. They've got some playmakers on the outside. They've got skill position dudes. It's still a line of scrimmage game. It's the SEC. Can you push the other guy around? That's, that's, it still kind of comes down to that. Still does come down to that. Again, that's why you're seeing Shane Beamer put such an emphasis on it. And Cocky Twan says, I'm a Birch hater. Oh, my God, dude. Give me a break. That's such a slapdick soft take. That's such a, that's such a slapdick soft take. Dude, ain't nobody hating. Hey, again, what did Jake Crane say? Facts don't care about your feelings, my guy. They don't. Look at the statistics. I'm, I'm extremely hopeful for Jordan Birch. Extremely hopeful. I, I am hoping and praying he pans out. But he ain't done jack shit yet. Like, he hadn't done anything. What has he done? The potential's all there. Like, I'm just tired of the potential, though. I, we need to see it. Go play. Go make plays. We desperately need him. I mean, we, we really do. Like, we desperately need him. Travis Lee, no. Mark Regal never called in. No. 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 Absolutely not. No, he did not. The, the, the Dak Joyner conversation, the Dak Joyner banter continues. And, and Cocky Twan, I'm, I'm not, like, trying to, but, like, dude, you, you, that, that's, that's such, like, a Garnet Glasses fan, like, oh, well, you think he's a bust? You th- you're a hater. Like, no, I'm not. Where am I wrong? I, wh- I'm pulling for Jordan Birch to do well. It's just, I, 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 I have been burned. Dude. We do most approved, best overall. Jordan Birch has been my most approved for three years. Three years I've said most approved, Jordan Birch. Literally, this is the third straight preseason. He's got all the potential. Dude, he could blow up, have 10 sacks this year, first rounder. He could do it. We just got to see it. I mean, guys, there's a, the reason we talk about him so much is because we feel like the ceiling is so high. Because the hype was so high. It was such a big deal when he committed. You know? So it's a good thing we're still talking about him because that means we're still hopeful he can be that guy. If we weren't, t- it's, it's like somebody being coached. It's not a bad thing when a coach is on your ass. That's a good thing. That's a damn good thing. That means the coach still believes in you. They can get the best out of you and you can be a contributor. When a coach stops coaching you, they've given up on you. They're done with you. So when we're speaking on Jordan Birch, it's a good thing people are still talking about it. It's a good thing people are saying, hey, he needs to step up and pan out because we're still hopeful it's in there. If you don't see it this year, though, you won't hear us talk about Jordan Birch again. Because we'll be like, you know what? Yep, he was a bust. Hate to say it, but he was. Call a spade a spade. It is what it is, and it's just unfortunate. That's the only way to put it. Guys, one final break, but I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final five minutes or so here on the Daily Crow here on this Friday, August the 26th, 2022. Taking your questions, comments, calls. Guys, again, thank you all so much. 
uh, for all the love and support. Another fantastic week in the books. Austin Griezmann says, one sack in two seasons for a five-star recruit edge rusher. Yeah, I mean, listen, Mr. Birch, it's your time. It's your time, my friend. One sack in two years. Got to be better. This is your time to shine, man. You're a junior. It's your money year. Come on, let's see it. Jeff Gulledge says, did Staley graduate? I always liked watching him play. Always seemed to be around the ball. Yes, Jeff, he is gone. Yes. Damani Staley is no longer on the football team. Yes. Uh, Luke RJ, maybe we use three D linemen and only one edge player at the same time since we're deeper and better on the D line. Luke, I maybe, hey, maybe, maybe shoot an E or shoot a DM to uh Clayton White. He could probably, you know, maybe so. Uh, I mean, no, I, that's a great point, though. We're deeper at D-tackle, so do they maybe try to, you know, you just want to get your best 11 on the field. But a lot of it, Luke, RJ, obviously will come down to, you know, opponents and their game plan and, you know, you know. so I, I, I think Clayton White, I trust Clayton White to do whatever we need to do to get a stop. Uh, let's see. Garrett H., Chris, would you like USC to have a week zero game and two bye weeks? I, I mean, college football get here sooner, so I, I wouldn't be totally opposed to it. So. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in, man. Seriously, thank you all so much for the love of sport. Content's bleeding out the freaking eyeballs. Podcast dropped this morning. Be sure to go check that out, episode 694. Uh, full update in regards to injuries, fall camp. Of course, again, talking defensive line, what we've been talking a lot about on this show. Um, what else? Am I forgetting something? Oh, oh, by the way, guys, again, another reminder. Get your merch. Get horns down. Get your merch. Before end of day today, um, whatever it be, hats, T-shirts, obviously I, I've got the towels, the koozies, all that good stuff. Order your merch by end of day today to ensure by kickoff delivery, right? If you're not worried about that, then it's all good, right? You ain't got to worry about it. But if you're going to Georgia State, what have you, want the merch, order it by end of day today, and I can guarantee you by kickoff delivery. A.G. Bowers. He says, if we play a good game against Arkansas and win, do you change your prediction for the Georgia game? Well, AJ, even if I was going to, uh, I wouldn't do that until week of, right? You know that I don't drop predictions until week of the game. Um, I don't know. I, AJ, I don't know. How does Georgia look to that point? How do we look to that point? I don't know, AJ. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variables, right? There's a lot of variables that uh, could swing or sway my thoughts on the game one way or another. Uh, Joby Guyton says, hopefully we add another edge rusher commit on the 29th with Dez Umiozulu. Yeah, Joey, I'll tell you this, from the things I'm hearing, and obviously we talked to J.C. Sherwood about it yesterday as well, um, I can say I feel pretty confident about it. I do. I think I feel pretty confident about it. Um, it sounds like he is a Gamecocks lean, so uh, I think we should definitely be excited. Again, you, you really have to just admire what Shane Beamer's doing on the recruiting trail. I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive to see. Um, you know, it's very impressive to see. So, yeah, I'm excited for it, man. How can you not be excited, guys? These are great times. We're sitting out just eight days away from kick. I mean, heck, this is the last Daily Crow before game week. Game week. 
God, it feels good to say. It feels so good to say, right? Wasn't it last year, by the way? I'm, 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 it was la- it, like, I think Monday will be our one year since we went from an hour to two hours on the Daily Crow. Love that. Love that. John Edward, yes, game week, game week will be here Monday. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Thank you all so much for tuning in again, man, sincerely. Thank you all for another fantastic week from the podcast to the Daily Crow to the merch to the TSUS tour to the content. Everything's been incredible, man. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. You guys be sure to stay tuned and enjoy your last weekend without Gamecock football outside of the bye week. Until December. That feels so good to say. Folks, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Y'all have a fantastic weekend. And we will talk to you on Monday.